Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. We're happy you're here, and I'm excited to give you the latest information on all things talent-related. As our guest, Jim Morgan, Vice President of Workforce Strategies at MRA, covers the February edition of MRA's Talent Report. So if you aren't familiar with this monthly talent report MRA puts on, Jim Morgan really gives an up-to-the-minute review on what's going on in the world of business with an emphasis on talent which is really based on input from CEOs, CFOs, HR leaders, all from MRA's 3,000-plus member companies, 1,000 roundtable participants, and subject matter experts. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Jim. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to be back. Yeah. Well, I know this month's talent report really emphasized interns and that next generation in emerging leaders. So let's really kick off our conversation with what's happening in the recruiting and retention world. So do you want to start us off with what innovations you're really seeing here? Sure. Happy to. Um, It's been an interesting month as we get into the new year. Um, But some of the things people are talking about right now, um, a lot of this, again, is aimed at the younger audiences. But in terms of trying to recruit people, we're seeing a lot of companies now that are taking their talent, some of the younger talent, but just talent in general from their company and putting them in all of their corporate videos now when they're trying to recruit people. Real life people doing real life jobs, um, showing their enthusiasm for the company, maybe commenting on the culture and things like that. But these are folks who are actually doing it. These aren't staged, these aren't you know professional actors or things. It's we're just walking along the factory floor, walking through the company and saying, you know, Sophie, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you think about your life at MRA. And so I think it's having a, an impact that, you know, this is sort of real. It's like, you want to come work here. This is what it looks like. And so the employees are becoming the stars to a certain extent. And I think they're having some success with that on their uh, on their websites and in their recruiting. Unrelated to that, you know, we're also seeing companies now trying to figure out with their recruiting and retention 2022 is a wild year. And I would say probably most companies budgeted for 3% salary increases. And by the time the year was over, they were more like five, six, seven, eight, 10%. And they had to figure out what happened. And now they're trying to figure out what's going to happen this year. And there is a hope right now that we're going to go back to a little bit more normal numbers, if you will, hopefully more around that 3% range. I still think we're going to see some activity in some of the job categories where 3% isn't going to quite cut it. Um, but the companies are hopeful if they're recruiting and retention that this will be a little bit more normal year than 2022. And another topic I would really like to dive into is your talent thinking section. So I know you emphasized wellness and flexibility in the workplace a lot. So could you expand on that a little bit? You know, this whole work-life balance thing, mental health, all of that is top of mind for most of our member companies. Uh, one, it's the right thing to do. And two, you know, they're trying to hang on to their people. And so that wellness aspect of all of it has become more critical. So as a result, they're trying to figure out ways to engage people in wellness. And so, you know, that might mean 
simple things like, well, why do we have more fruit in the office than we do donuts? You know, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's like historically, it's always been probably sweets that people have brought in. And so now they're, you know, rather than having filling up on sugar and things, it's like, let's, let's do something healthy. That's relatively simple. But they're also trying to look at the bigger picture of this, of that, of that balance, and using their wellness programs now to say, how do we motivate people to participate? Because it's all great that you can have a gym membership or we can have a, a gym in the organization and a shower, but if nobody's using any of that stuff, then the wellness isn't really working. So they're now trying to motivate people with additional days off, as an example. So I go out and I do wellness for four hours a week. I get in three runs and a walk. They're figuring out ways to have that go towards points, trying to earn more PTO. So if I get some number, I do 100 hours of, of wellness, I get another day off. So really motivating people to say, you know, this is in your best interest. We're trying to get you not only to be healthy, but we'll also reward you with some additional time off. And so that adds to that wellness and mental well-being and, and all of that. And although we've now moved into this sort of flexible workplace um, time and era, really helping people understand that that too is part of that work-life balance. And I think you're seeing companies say, you know, how do we motivate people to um, utilize that? We want them to get their work done. We expect them to get their work done. But there is something a little bit more relaxing that if I know I can get to my kid's school at three o'clock, get back home and put in a couple hours that night, that's much more relaxing for me than being at the wor at work and thinking, how am I going to get out of here? When am I going to get out of here? Will I be there in time? Is somebody waiting for my kid? That's just more stress as well. So taking all the, all the tools basically we have available now, let's eat better, let's exercise more, let's use that flexibility and helping the individual employee realize that these are all parts of wellness and well-being. This is us as your employer saying, yeah, take care of yourself. We want you to take care of yourself. And so I think you're going to see more and more of that in 2023 as well. And those wellness challenges at work are always fun, I feel like, too, because it's, I mean, who doesn't love a challenge first? <laughs> but also it's like, man, if I drink 64 ounces of water, I could be entered in a well in a wellness raffle or something like that. So I don't know. It just kind of makes work fun, too. Well, and you, and you see what happens here, you know, when you get some of them where people are like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's do that. And I'm challenging you or you're challenging Patrick or whatever. It's like, okay, now we're having fun, but yeah, but I'm not going to lose either. So I'm in. Oh, let's go. So yeah, it can be fun and, uh, and a real benefit. Mm -hmm, for sure. So you also talked about global rebalancing in your talent report webinar. Can you explain what you mean by this? <laughs> yes. You know, the, the last couple of years, I think I've come up with more names for things. We've had quiet quitting and quiet firing and the great resignation and all these other things. But I saw this one and it was the Wall Street Journal, actually. It said the great rebalancing. And this goes back to what I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago is that, you know, this last year, it was really looked at as the employees had all of the power. And I think they still do, quite frankly, because they're still, especially here in the upper Midwest, a demand for that talent. And as long as we need more people than they're available, then I think the employees are going to hold the upper hand. But we've also seen now that as people maybe jumped around a little bit last year, maybe went to the place that, you know, had a little bit more money or whatever it might be, 
now we're, we're seeing a little bit of a move towards, okay, now I'm looking for a little stability. I want to know this is the place that I'm going to stay. This is where I want to be for a little bit. So maybe someone who was able to generate a little more income, figure out what they wanted to do. Now it might be less about, I need more money because I got that last year and more about, I want to create an environment in which I want to work. So that great rebalancing is really um, maybe wishful think thinking, but employers saying, okay, you know, we did that salary increase. We understand it. That's what the market said. But maybe now this year, it's going to be a little bit more about, okay, now let's get the work done. We've got people settled. They found what they want to do. They've got a wage that they're happy with. And so maybe it balances back a little bit towards the employer in terms of having to figure out what are we going to do for bonuses? What are we going to do for raises this year? And that that was really their definition of this great rebalancing. I think people are interested in learning more about what the C-suite level is saying right now. So what are leaders doing right now? I think they're trying to get their feet they're trying to get their feet back under them after last year. I think that's a big a big part of it. A lot of strategic planning going on now and and it's functioning a little bit differently. Um, I don't know too many companies anymore that are looking out five years because it's just too much is going to happen in five years and we're going to go through all of this and in six months the whole thing is going to be blown up. So I'd say it's been more in that three year range. I think there's m much more of a staying on top of the strategic plan that we have to come back to this not once a year, but maybe once a quarter or even once a month to at least touch base to make sure strategically we're staying on, on target, we're doing what we said we were going to do, and that nothing has happened that has completely thrown our, our strategic plan for the next three years out the window and we need to redo it. So I, you're seeing a little bit more quicker review of what's happening. Also seeing companies bringing in outsiders more than they have in the past to their strategic planning. And by outsiders, I mean, it might be economists, it might be industry experts, uh, might be some of their customers, their clients, their retailers, their suppliers, and it might even be some of their competition um, trying to do mutual, okay, what's happening out there so we can all serve our members a little bit better what do you need? What do we need? What are you seeing? So they can prepare for supply chain things. They can better understand the talent market. So more so than I've seen in the past, including outside people trying to provide a little bit more light on what might be happening um, in the market. And then we're seeing a lot more of the emerging leaders engaged in strategic planning. So it's companies saying, Sophie's an up-and-comer. She seems to understand what's going on in the industry. This is an opportunity for us to utilize her and let her be another voice in the room, maybe from a new employee perspective, from your social media expertise perspective, um, just from a young person's point of view. So giving them a chance, one, to engage more in the strategic planning, that's good for everybody, but two, showing that the company is interested in you, giving you an opportunity to have more chances to see what's on the you know, what's on the game plan and what's coming up. So that's a little bit different too. That um, just seeing more engagement from people as we as we go through that. Mm -hmm, absolutely, and we saw um, Courtney Lamers was on the podcast um, about a week ago, and she talked about how important it is to give interns that meaningful work and even involve them in some strategic planning and not just. You know, obviously the office work comes along with it and filing papers and stuff, but 
it's going to mean a lot to the interns if they're involved in a big project and one that's going to help the company too. So Yeah. So a couple other things we're hearing from them. One, still keeping an eye on compliance. I mean, that's always what's going on legislatively, what bills and rules might be passed that might affect them. Um, legislation around pay transparency. There's been a lot in the news lately about non-competes, um, employee leave. All of those things are, you know, obviously important um, to companies. And so CEOs and CFOs and CHROs are all keeping an eye on that. And then lastly, you know, I think they're still looking at everything that happened in 2022, supply chain related issues, talent shortages, um, all those things that have been there. Nothing has really gone away. Hoping it's been smoothed out a little bit, but all of the uncertainty that continues to exist in politics and world events, um, that's still on people's minds and it's it's still not gone. And so there's all these things in the back of, I think, every CEO's mind that says, boy, I still got to worry, what if this happens, you know, that we might be in some trouble. So there's still a lot going on out there. Well, for sure. So you also cover some of the HR strategies, new strategies that you've been seeing. So for February, what are some of the top creative HR strategies that you've seen? One of the big shifts that's happened is, you know, companies now have HR information systems. They've, they've contracted with a vendor that gives them all kinds of information, you know, not just around here's how to deliver a paycheck to people, but tracking, you know, days out and for what purposes, absentee rates, turnover rates, all this. They've got all of this data now. And so... It was always there, but it might have been a lot more work. And now some of these HRISs are providing that. And I think the HR teams now are saying, you know, there's a lot of metrics involved in what it is that we do. And if we can help with our strategic planning, with the C-suite, better plan for things and use data to help educate us in making our decisions, we're seeing an awful lot more um, in terms of those types of things that we're, you know, we're a leader, we're a line of business here. We've got things that can really shed light on what's about to happen to us. So really the use of data, um, I think it's going to continue to play a bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger role in HR. And it's just another thing that they can do to be at the table to help in terms of the organization planning for the future. So a lot around um, information systems and around a lot around data call. So you also did a poll during the talent report webinar this month asking what key skills companies are really focusing on and looking for in their emerging leaders. So what did you learn from that poll? It was it was really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my notes on this one because we asked them about 10 different items saying, you know, you've got these emerging leaders coming up. Um, we have heard issues around, okay. Not for any reason, not a default, but a lot of the emerging leaders are becoming leaders faster and younger. And so what are companies saying? Okay, these might be the things that we've got to spend more time on. Number one was communication, top of the list. And I don't think anybody's surprised um, by that. Uh, that. I think that would be on the list for any generation at 25, 26, 28, 30, because you hadn't had opportunities. But I think it's also more complicated now because with the four generations we have in the workplace, I'm guessing the way that I want to receive my communications may not look anything like the way that you want to receive them and the way that you interact. And so how do we as an organization help you figure out what other people want 
but take what it is that you know and say, hey, maybe this is a better way of doing it than we traditionally have done. So I think the communications has gotten more complicated because we have so many different ways that we can we can commute now. Relationship building was another big one. And I think, again, that's just, uh, you haven't had time. You know? And again, the relationships have gotten more complicated because now you have 30-year-olds that are supervising 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds. Not like that hasn't always happened, but I think it's more frequent now. And so you've got to figure out how do you interact with one of your peers that you now supervise and maybe me who you now supervise and what does that look like and how am I effective in what I'm doing? So I think those first two especially um, are part of just a changing world. Uh, next couple of conflict management, critical thinking, decision making, you know, all of those would probably be on, on anybody's list. Um, the conflict management one I think is interesting because we are hearing from some more seasoned HR people that you may not have been in as many conflict management situations um, in the first 22, three, four years of your life as others were. Um, one of the things we learned and talked about last time was the incredible drop in the number of teenagers who have jobs while they're teenagers. And it was funny because I was, I was joking a month ago, like, okay, I had a paper out when I was 12 or 13 years old. And you want to talk about conflict management. Every time I went to somebody's door to say, hey, I'm here to collect. And they, you're knocking my paper against the door. You're not putting it in the mailbox like I told you to. It's supposed to be under the mat so it doesn't blow away. And I got all these adults yelling at me and I'm some poor 13-year-old kid. But you learn a lot from that. And so if you haven't had those same experiences for some adults to yell at you, um, now you're in the workplace and now people are yelling at you. So um, missing out on some of those opportunities, I think, has, has had an impact. So those were the bigger ones. Um, the other ones we asked about, goal setting, employee motivation, time management, agility and adap adaptability, delegation, innovation, and creativity. Those were all down in the 25 or 30%. So those first were in the 60, 50%. Those last ones, not so much. So I think you're also starting to see that you bring some things to the table that others didn't. Innovation and creativity, I would put on there. Agility and adaptability. I mean, your whole life is about agility and adaptability. So we learned a few things about that um, in terms of just seeing what people are, are putting out there. Anything that shock you? Well, those are some good skills. And I, I was just going to comment that I'm sure that employers are really investing in training emerging leaders in those skills, too. So if they don't have them right now, maybe they'll have them after a couple trainings. Or, yep. or I have a loaded question for you now. <laughs> and that is, what is on the agenda for HR in 2023? <laughs> that is loaded. Um, I was just doing some research on this because I host a number of roundtables and we always start the year trying to talk about, you know, what are the plans and all that, which has always been nice, but I'm never quite sure, you know, we get to things. So I, I did some research on this one, um, looking at a variety of different sources and some of the Sherms and Forbes magazine and CEO magazine and different HR magazines to just say, what are they all saying are the trends for, for 2023? So a month from now, I'm going to have some great answers to these, but I'm going to throw them out to your audience today to say, this is what everybody else says you're going to be working on in 2023. 
and I'm going to put it to my roundtable saying, agree or disagree. Is this really what's on your agenda or not? And I'll have some of that in a month. But this is what made the, the top 10 list. Employee well-being is a human imperative. Uh, we talked about wellness at the beginning. I think that one will, will be there. Skills-based hiring is on the, rate, on the rise as companies recruit for potential rather than degrees. So I'm interested to see if they're looking at resumes and doing interviews around things you tell me you're capable of doing versus, hey, I've got a bachelor's degree from UW Lacrosse in marketing and business, you know, just to check with the HR people and see if that's what they're doing. The future of work is flexibility for all employees. That's been on, on everybody's mind, so we'll see what they say there. Hybrid learning will force companies to reinvent their brick-and-mortar corporate academies, really aimed at the learning and development. You know, we may not have the luxury of everybody being in the classroom learning together, so we'll see what strategies they have for that. ESG reporting will expand beyond compliance to attract talent. ESG is environmental stewardship, social responsibility, and governance at the corporate level. That's the E, the S, and the G. So I think that's aimed at, again, younger people's interest in what is the, what's the philosophy, what are the values uh, of the company. Human skills are the new hard skills for the future of work. You know, the soft skills were always, can you get along with others? Do you have that decision-making? Those are now being said, you know, those are the hard skills. They got to be able to do these things. This is what matters. I've read work is here to stay and success starts with defining it. Um, I agree with both parts of that, you know, and I think we're swinging this pendulum back and forth on the hybrid that everybody went home and then we kind of looked at it and we were trying to say, well, maybe everybody should come back. And then we ended up somewhere in the middle, but we got to be clear. So we'll see what that one has. Number eight, the future of the office will be to bring the offsite vibe on site. And I'm hearing companies now talk about, we've got to be a magnet for where people want to go. We don't have to force anybody to come back. We got to create a vibe at the office that you're getting up thinking, well, I could stay home and just work from here, or I could go in and I don't know what it is. Oh, I'm going to miss that, that one meeting about whatever. Oh, this is pizza day. We're going to do this. Oh, this is the day that we're getting a briefing on what's happening and with, with whatever. So we're going to have to work to make this the place that you want to be. Number nine, humans and bots create a new blended workforce. Um, you're seeing more and more bots on, on websites, people being able to ask questions. So where's that line between what the bot does and what the human does? And then number 10, HR burn, burnout is a crisis that needs to be addressed. And especially in my HR roundtables, I'm guessing we get 100% agreement on that one. <laughs> These last three years have really um, taken their toll on some people. So that's the top 10 list there. I don't know if anything there... Uh, it was exciting to you, but we'll have answers in a month. So, oh yeah, well, wow, you just told us exactly what twenty twenty three is going to look like. <laughs> well, I think that was a good answer to the question. <laughs> well, I'll let you know if the forty or fifty HR people and some of the CEOs that I've got to agree with what the list is. Um, yeah, about thirty days. Good. I'm looking forward to it. So, just as we kind of wrap up here, could you give us a little sneak peek on what March's talent report? will look like or the topics you're going to be discussing? Yeah, I've got uh, the pleasure of having Kate Walker on in March, and she's our Vice President of Learning and Development and Organizational Development. 
So we're going to be talking about what's new in those two fields, what's going on at MRA, what's being, you know, what is the training. We're sort of a barometer for that. We know what people are demanding. And as a result, you know, we can share that. And a lot of the things we talked about today about, you know, what are we trying to teach our emerging leaders? Uh, that'll be on the docket. What are companies requesting from us in terms of organizational development? We'll be talking about that with her. And we're also going to be asking for her insights on how is just the training um, and learning changing? We just had a, you know, one of the things on my top 10 list was the brick and mortar corporate academies. You know, those have got to be looking different if half your workforce is someplace else. So are we training people in shorter bursts? Are we doing more intense work and then more do your homework at home and bring it back in? Is it a mix of virtual and in-person? So she'll be sharing our expertise on that too. And I think that'll be um, really interesting as we see how all of this is affecting learning and development. Awesome. Looking forward to that too. So any last piece of advice for companies, or employers, or any last thoughts you want to give us today? I don't think I have any great words of wisdom. I think it's just hang on. The, the ride continues. And hopefully 2023 will show us a little bit more um, stability, but uh, it won't be boring. I can promise you that. We're off to a good start. We are. Well, thank you for being our guest today on 30 Minute Thrive and really sharing our February talent report. So if you liked our chat and topic today, I want to encourage you to share this episode, like it, leave a comment, review, and consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. We have all the resources in the show notes below, so take a look at those. And we've also included Jim's email and LinkedIn profile, so if you want to get in touch with him or ask him any follow-up questions on the talent report, um, he can answer those for you. Otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in. And Jim, thank you for all the great info. It was my pleasure. We will see you next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.